0: Hello, hello. This is the new type of podcast that we're now induced in lockdown. We're having technical difficulties, but we're speaking through a laptop and a computer, and we hope the quality is the same as sat in the infamous penthouse podcast room on the Neil and Nile podcast. Welcome back, guys. You alright,
1: Dad? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, look- just, I'm not speaking. I'm speaking through my mouth. <laughs> I don't know what you're speaking through. What do you mean? know about all these things you're speaking through? You just Get on with it. Get in on a bloody podcast. Come on, get on with it.
0: We've got a special guest on we today. Who's the first time I think he's uh, returned or someone has returned for the second time. My manager, Luke Sutton. Luke, can you hear us?
2: Uh, I can hear and I can confirm that I'm speaking through my mouth too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good to be back, guys. I feel honoured. Yeah, I'm the only yeah. person who's ever come back. This is big. It is big. We- uh, hang on,
1: yeah. you were a lack of options, Luke. The other two we've Oh, we well, going right. <laughs> now. And, uh... <laughs> um, so it's been a big week
0: for the, the Wilson crew because, and this is why we're jumping on here, uh, we uploaded or created and spent the last six months creating a film called The Silent Battle. Um, which we were all involved in and it is now going live to the world, to the internet. And the only way I can describe how I feel right now, which we're going to touch upon more, is uh, naked. I
1: feel naked. Exposed you mean yeah exposed yeah. can
2: I just ask is Neil definitely not naked because I'm obviously not in the same room as you guys so I just want to check it is a bit sweaty up here but
1: <laughs> let's do it. Luke, only, top, only top half has got clothes bottom half's naked so I'm, I'm half <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> um,
0: <but laughs> I say should we go one by one I'll start with you Luke uh, what was it kind of like making this film I know for people that have not watched it as well um, just give a little bit of an insight onto that
2: God, yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was a massive experience, I'd say. Just because um, you know, we're like with all these things, you, you're trying to tell the the story and the tale as as best you can and, and do it justice, you know. Do it to, because it's it was a huge journey, obviously for, for you, Niall, but also the whole family and I guess myself wrapped into that and some big downs and some some ups as well and 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 i guess just putting it together um just felt a huge experience and i have to say when i watched it um i just felt enormously proud i of, of everybody within it no no more so than than you Nile. Like, it's just it just felt like a huge thing and i and i can't imagine well, I can imagine how overwhelming it's been for you today. But I, I also feel a little bit overwhelmed with it because it just when it's suddenly out there and it's live, and we've been working on it for so long, it, you just suddenly the the sort of gravitas of it, you know, it suddenly felt really real and and just really powerful and there's such important stuff in there. And um, I, I just feel re- really, really proud of it. I'm, I'm blown away by the level of honesty from you, Neil and Sally and Joanna in it, you know, it's, it was, I think my part and it was easier in some ways for you guys. I just, I every time I watch it, I'm just blown away by your honesty. And it's just a, a massive reflection of how you guys are as a family. And, and it just added to, to what is, I think just an extraordinary piece of work, which will be timeless. I really do. You know, your YouTube channel ha- will have videos from all sorts of different times most of it making people laugh and entertaining, but I think this is just just going to be a really powerful, timeless bit of work.
0: Definitely nice, no, thanks, mate. And, um, yeah, it, it was it, it, for me, it challenged me, obviously, with telling the story very, very brave and difficult thing to do, but then also I, I quite enjoyed creating this film because. There's only, you know, when you've done 375 videos that are 10 minutes long that you try and make people laugh. There's only so many of them you can do where it be kind of comes monotonous and a bit boring. And um, to then go right, you're gonna create a one-hour-long documentary film and kind of direct that and have a massive impact. A part of it, I, I enjoyed the process, and then it kind of got to the weekend, and it was like, holy shit, this is gonna go, like, this is gonna go out to the world now. <laughs> And I felt so, um, almost, I felt quite anxious, nervous, um, the anticipation of the way that it was going to be received and whether also the, the actual story, but then the film as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind. And and today and last night, it went out last night, we're was, was speaking uh, the day after. I just feel a bit um It's difficult to describe, Lou. How did how did you describe it when you said you 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 released your book? Because I know your book release is is kind of a very similar experience to this. um It's difficult to put into words how you feel.
2: Yeah, it, it's. I think it's really similar because the book took about six months to write, and and as as did this putting this together. And I think you're you get really wrapped up in the the creation of it and making sure that it's right. And you know now you've spent. Hours and hours editing and re looking at it, you know, to make it as as best as you can. And I think you get wrapped up in the creation of it. I did with my book and, and you sort of, it pours out of you and it's a huge thing. And then I remember about a week before the book was published, I was like, oh shit, everyone else is going to read this now. I'd sort of forgotten that it's going to become public. And I, I think that that's, that's probably what you experience. You're so wrapped up in the creation of it. And then suddenly there's that moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to bare my soul to to this huge audience. And that's a really daunting thing. And, you know, we, I know you, you and I have talked about it quite a lot in the last few days just to sort of prepare yourself for that. But, it, you know, like you said at the start, it's like being naked. You, you've just literally, you know, shown everyone who you are. And I, But I, I'm just saying it. From the outside, I think you can be really proud of that. I think you, it's been extraordinary what you've done. And um I know it's really daunting, but I'm I'm really proud of you for what you've done.
0: Cheers, mate. Thank you. Um you've not said much, Dad. How what's the process been like for you creating this this uh, film?
1: Well, I've while you two have been chatting, I've had a bit of time to think. Um and I <laughs> It's difficult for me to know where to start. I've always said to you, haven't I, and more recently I've said to you, what's important to you, Nile, is important to me. I, I I make it a priority for me and I make it important. So when you first started talking about the, the doing a documentary and the, the details that were in it, um, it, it certainly made me sit up and listen because, you know, it was going to go into... Our lives, our relationship—you know—in—in in really deep. We were going to talk about things that we'd not spoken about before, but I—I I committed as I always do, um because you wanted to produce this documentary and you wanted to tell your story, and you telling your story uh, via that channel was important to you. And then when we had the uh, the questions and we did the interview, that was incredibly uh, emotional for me. I found talking about it. Um, all sorts of emotions uh you know i i was very upset i was there was a lot of exhilaration there was a lot of I, I think through the through the process as well is sort of talking about it at the start being interviewed for the uh filming and for the documentary and then watching it again like we did the other night it's almost like you relive all the things every time yeah. don't you? And, you and you produce all the same emotions um however i just i wanted to be you know from when i was sat and going through the interview process i just wanted to be on it you know completely honest as a uh, a father and a and a friend to you Now, in terms of your journey and and what you've been through i think it was incredibly brave i think it was brave of us us all um one of the things as well like, there's so much to talk about and we probably don't have enough time but one of the things that i found really bizarre was we joanna and i more so joanna and i than uh, than me and mum, and to a certain extent, Lou, we ended up talking about the same things, although we hadn't had questions about it. Mm. How bizarre is that? So so it's them life pivotal, emotionally charged, the intensity of certain moments in your life that just stick with you, yeah. isn't it? And I think, but those, those were the, I think though, because of the enormity
0: of our family dynamic on those pivotal points. So like, yeah. for example, the, at Headingley, yeah. that was memorable for everyone because of the way that me and you, fell out yeah. and went at it so and that that affected the whole family so I guess I wasn't so shocked by that yeah but the look for those that are listening to this and have not seen the film yet obviously we're not going to give we can tell we're going to talk a lot about this over the next 20 30 minutes on this podcast but go watch it um called the silent battle on my youtube channel and essentially it's me talking through my journey through professional sport and the scary place I ended up with, with mental illness, uh, which led me into some dark, dark places. And for me, the, the reason which I wanted to get to the reason I made this film and we're talking, what we're talking about now and why it was so very brave of me and exposing my truth is because I want to help people that are going through a similar thing because in the bubble I was in, and I know Luke's had a similar experience The crippling, scary thing is that you've no idea how you got to where you are in that moment and uh, the feelings of loneliness and being lost uh, is one of the scariest things ever. And sharing my experience and my story and not only what happened to me and how we believed I got there, how I got from that place to where I am today where I feel much more aware of of what is going on with my mental health and how to help it. That's essentially someone listening that, that can resonate with those words and those moments and those stories, I know that, and I well, I've already had hundred plus messages to say that they they needed this film, and when they watched it, they burst into tears, and that it's already helped them. Which for me, even saying that makes me emotional, and that's why. And then also on the flip side, which me and Luke, Luke, you can shed a bit of light to this, just raising the awareness of why it's quite common in an, in an environment like I am. Uh, growing up in and living my existence with professional sport um it's quite common to end up in the place that we did and just to help the public also understand and removing it away from high profile people what these issues are and just to try and remove judgment a little bit do you want to um do you want to add to that luke
2: yeah i mean i i think we took we talk about it actually when um i got one of my questions is is it was around what i I felt was happening to you and I, I think I said something like <clears throat> you were disconnecting from all the things that had, had, had sort of anchored you and you'd found real happiness with previously and I think I think what we're talking about mental health addiction issues is, is effectively a disconnection someone is disconnecting from the people around them uh their, their loved ones they're just they're losing themselves through disconnection and I actually think that you know, the, the this video, which I, I would urge anyone listening to this, you've got to watch it because it just triggers thoughts, that's all. You know, it might be relevant to you, it might not, but it'll, it will at the very least educate you. Um, but ultimately, the video is about connecting. And I've had, you've had 100, 100 messages, I reckon I've had 50 messages from people who've watched it, who have nothing to do with professional sport, who've watched it and gone, oh my God, I got so much from that. And that's a connection and that helps people. And I think that's the most powerful thing of this is that it's just, it's allowing people to connect and, and share experience. And, you know, yours and, our, and mine is one in professional sport in which I think, you know, through, through the pressures that you talk about in the film and, and adding in social media into that, I think it's going to be in and around professional sport, you know, very much so for, for quite a lot longer. But, I, but it, it it goes broader than that. It just goes into life nowadays, you know, whether you're a professional sportsman or running your own business or doing the best you can be at your job. You know, life's complicated and, and tough and, and the online presence and basis of everything that we do in life at the moment is that is this added complication that wasn't there 20 years ago. And so, you know, I think these sorts of issues are on the rise generally in society and and the more we can do to help people connect and not feel alone is is really really important is really powerful and it's you know what i find amazing about what was produced in this is you're hearing it from the person affected you're hearing it from the father the mother the sister and, and even myself in my role within it and and that's so important because there might be someone who watched that video last night who doesn't have these difficulties but they have a loved one who does and they will have got a massive amount hearing from Neil and Sally and Joanna about how it was for them and and often these sorts of things you know my book was about me my experience and how I got over it what wasn't really special about this documentary is it gives it from all angles and the story is told from different perspectives and even you know you're your, Neil's perspective is slightly different to Sally's not a, a lot but slightly different and that's really powerful so I think it's all about connection and, and that's why this was so important
1: yeah I agree with that I, I would just like to pick up on that as well because I from a connect I actually say it in the documentary from a connection perspective I really struggle with the connection with Niall and also from a connection perspective moving forward even me rewatching the documentary I am learning things and and there's There is no doubt about it. When you're in the spotlight like that, that, I'm talking about myself now, not Niall, you start reflecting on your own behavior, the things that you did, and you start to question, did you get it right or wrong? Uh, To the point where I I actually said to Niall, did we get it right or wrong? And we have to believe that we did something right because we've got to this point where we are today. 100%. Now, the journey itself had its ups and downs and its moments where when you reflect, you think, or would I have done that slightly different? Yes, of course I would. But you could say that about anything in your life, couldn't you? I mean, and one of the biggest takeaways uh, f- for me, even re-watching, is the fact that as a parent, uh, just speaking as his dad now, you just keep trying to fix things all the time with you, you know your kids and your family. You just want to fix, 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 instead of taking a step back and putting your arms around something and or somebody, in this case, Niall, and saying it'll be okay, although you don't have all the answers. So, so what I'm saying is, just building off the back of what what you were talking about is, the, the the challenge that we had with everything that was happening was Niall and I connecting in the right way at mm-hmm. the time, didn't we? Yeah. So this, it was a real challenge. I agree, and I
0: like I that um they're the biggest feelings that I get looking back of. Did we do the right thing? And the answer, obviously, it's my journey and it's my story, and I've I've openly, honestly told it. But I'm openly, honestly saying I fucked up a lot, and I was I was ashamed of every single behaviour that I was on a daily basis partaking in. I, I hated myself, and and I was openly I'm openly saying exactly what I did to cope with my my mental health struggles, and the same way you was like. I messed up. I say that I messed up every day and like I caused the way for you to feel to make you mess up and it was kind of like but you're right Luke that that insight from a family's perspective from a in this case a coach a manager a friend um I do think that's been so powerful about this film and I, and I know obviously I've spoke closely with Mum and Dad I've spoke with you Luke I've been with Luke Stoney, who's my best pal who he was heavily involved in it. Each individual, we've all received so much positive feedback and messages from people that we love. To from, you know, just to say how powerful the film is and, and how brave, how all on how honest we all were. And that was why I did it. That's why we did it. Just just to help people, you know, that it's it's impacted them in a way. And I guess these next few days I'll probably still feel a little bit naked because of um because of what the story is. But what you said to me last week, Luke, you can't really um, judge or argue your truth. That's that's the key thing for me with this. And when you talked about having social media throwing everyone's lives right now, that was part of my issue and part of some people's is because you can be who you want on on YouTube. You can be whoever you want and you can create this persona, which is what I did. And you can be a version of yourself that's that's enhanced or that's different or that's you know different from truly who you are. And I guess in this film, it was our my full truth.
2: Yeah, you can't. You can't. You know, you're. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. If if anyone, you know, the, the the fear is when we put ourselves out like that, that of potential judgment. And and like know, yeah, you just said nicely is ultimately your truth is that this is your truth and you're taking responsibility for it you know we talk about in the video around that that was quite a change for you when you had to start to own it you know i need help so i need to own that i get that help you know if i don't get the help therefore that's my fault you know the way i feel might not be necessarily my fault i'm, I'm ill but what i need to do to get better is me taking responsibility and moving forward and there can be no judgment in that, because we're, we're humans, we've all made mistakes, we could all do things better, we've all done stuff we regret. But the most powerful thing is going, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for this and try and be a better human being going forward. And I, I, you know, I like just going back on the point you guys said about watching it and going, did I get that right? I watched it and said the same, you know, and there was things I was like, oh, maybe I, I could have done that differently, I should have done that differently. But maybe it had to happen the way it happened, you know. Maybe you had to mess up, Niall, in, in those times in order to grow out of it, you know. And I kind of firmly believe that. And for, for all of us, this is our truth around the situation, you know. And we're all just trying to take responsibility and grow out of it. And I think if anyone wanted to judge you, Niall, or any of us within that, well, I think that's more about them than not about you or us personally.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's been, uh, oh man, it's, it's been, it's been awesome making it. I'm just, I'm glad it's live, and I do part of the feeling of uh, exposed and vulnerable. I, I do feel a little bit of relief as well that um, it's kind of, it's off my chest. Like the part of talking in the story has definitely saved me, and I know that it's, it's an amazing thing for people to do. When they're experiencing those difficulties with mental well-being, but you know, I probably wouldn't advise pointing out to hundreds of thousands of people. But that's essentially what I've done now. It's like you know, you feel a little bit relief speaking just to your, your parent or your your friend when you might be struggling internally. But I guess I've done the the full the full whack now. The world,
1: <laughs> the whole world knows. Well, wait, yeah. Can, can we just you you and I were chatting about it in the car now, but so so you know why then why? For the podcast, I know you say it in the documentary, and people might think, "Oh, that's interesting." I want to jump over and have a look at that. But why did you want to tell your story? I think when I,
0: um, when I got help, and to the point where I, I embraced that, and like Luke said, I, I knew I had to own it, and you know, everyone held my hand. You in particular, Luke, having you know, you've got your book uh, back from the edge and you talk about your journey through mental illness and then um, addiction and, and rehabilitation. And you, I know personally your journey very well and you're eight years sober. For those that haven't read the book, um, I'll give you a little plug here. man. five plugs for his
2: book. Amazon, top of the charts. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, but I learned so much and... I learned to the point where I'm sure you felt the same Lucas is if obviously we have to experience things and we have to fall apart to rebuild the quotes in there. And I, and I believe I'm glad everything, I wouldn't change a thing how everything happened because it's made me who I am today. But if I'd have had some awareness and, um, knowledge on what was happening to me, I do believe there could have been certain periods where I could have made better decisions, or just had a little bit more of an understanding of things.
2: Um,
0: and essentially, that's that's reason number one.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the things that I sort of went through in my head was I remember when it was when it was sort of happening, and you know, like the the you know that particularly dark time in, in April, and then Headingly in August. There was definitely. Yeah many times where I was like, do I try and force this and try and like, you know, what Neil was saying, fix it? Or do I have to yeah. let this evolve and, and be there? Because, and it's a really difficult thing because ultimately the, the, the recovery and the growth out of it came from you. It, you know, we, yeah. we might have, you know, nudged you or pointed you in the right direction or done little things, but ultimately it came from you. And that's where that individual just gets has to get to a place where they're like, I've got to, I've got to change this. I've got to own it, and I've got to move forward and 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 change these things. And and that's a really interesting part of it. There was many times I was watching back, and I was like, maybe I should have stepped in, you know, done more earlier. But I don't know. Maybe Headingly had to happen, you know, and it had to be a bit of a breaking point, you know, in some ways. To then and you know it didn't. It wasn't like the day after Headingley, everything got better, was it? There was still a process to go through, and um, and I think with those, these sorts of things, it's it's kind of like it has to evolve like that, and just and 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 just I don't know, reach a point where it kind of naturally. I don't I don't know. I, I just think if if you know trying to fix it and fix that person is it comes from the person themselves and you just eventually got to a place where you're ready to kind of switch it around.
0: And I've, I've learned that a lot, mate, and with, the, with everything with myself and then other people um, as well, you know, if, if I would know that now and, and obviously when me and we openly spoke about me and my best pal Luke going through a similar thing, it's kind of like you can't, can't make anyone feel a different to the way they do. Even the, the one thing that obviously helped me massively is, and I know it is, it's the same in your story, it's kind of like when someone speaks your language, when someone, you have a conversation and it's like, you're feeling this certain thing in this bubble in the way that I was. When someone goes, I know how you feel, or they explain how they once felt or how they feel now, it's like, you know, and I think that's with what we did with this film telling the story. I think that's, it'll have massive power with with that. Um Moving forward as just to someone in, in the bubble that maybe I was in or you was in Luke watches that film and, and we're just open about it. They might, it might be a trigger for them to start owning their, their behavior and not
1: embracing it. Do you know what I mean? Um But Go on, Dad. All right, well, I was just going to say, through, so from my perspective, through a parent's lens, um, it, it's a significant challenge from a parenting perspective because I—I'll I, tell you, I have got a message off a—I I won't name her. I got a message off the, but similar to yourself, you know, getting fifty hundred messages. I've had a message off somebody I used to work with uh, ten. It might even be fifteen years ago uh, when I was in Glasgow. And she messaged to say that not long after she left the business, I was in, she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And last year, her son had depression all year, right? Which sounds like she should do her own documentary. I mean, it sounds like an amazing story. But, you you know, for her and me, when somebody says to her, look, your son's got depression, here's your parenting on how to handle a child with depression book. Read this book and you can help them through the depression. And I I know that sounds like a, a little bit flippant, but, from a parent's perspective you're you're going through an incredibly emotional journey that cr- creates all sorts of feelings and chemicals in you, in your life and from a parent's perspective we've never been through that either have we we don't know how to handle it so you know you know i i would have done lots of things different with hindsight which is is a wonderful thing that nobody has the opportunity to be given hindsight um but you know from a, from a looking after family members sons daughters or parents or or anybody else you know from my perspective it would have been really useful to understand and know what not 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 an approach that guaranteed success and to help you get out of of it because you know it's not a, a qualification to do that but it's just an an approach and a help, that that would help help you handle it in a in a slightly Different way that may have been. I'm going to use the word better. Mm. It could could have been better, and we're saying, aren't we, that the journey that we went on ended up with us in the place where we are today. So, and I love the words Luke says. You know, perhaps things needed to happen, and they did. did. But also, perhaps they might not have needed to happen if me and Sally had a bit more of an understanding. However, you know, we'd have still been on the same road, but it might have been a slightly different pathway back to the to the road. I feel like I'm waffling. No, I agree. Falling asleep,
2: but do you know what I think? I think Neil, you, you've always, like we said this. I've said this to you before. I think you're way too harsh on yourselves. You know, you you've got to remember that time. Like, you know, N- 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 we were talking a lot, myself and your dad and mum, about how you were during this period, and and we were all trying to work out what the best thing to do was. And mm. and I know this stuff, so you know, and I didn't have exact answers. You know, we were kind of tr- always trying to feel. The situation and judge it and and work out what was best and I know I've I've said it to you before Neil I just think it's it's very very difficult for a parent you're you there is no manual and yet you're dealing with something which there is no manual generally for it you know whether you're a parent and you know in my position in not in being the individual in Niall's position um, yeah there's there's things that might help and and you know we might want to say a little bit better but it's incredibly hard as a parent. It's, there is no perfect way to do this. And I just think you just be, be, be more gentle with yourself, Neil.
1: Yeah. Okay. I will do. Luke said that to me on the day in the filming as well. So I'm <laughs> perhaps,
0: yeah. Going back to the, the question though, about the creating the film, like and having these conversations is this, your parents will be watching this. You no, know, like, like that story, you've had the message say that the son's struggling with mental mm, illness yeah. and they might've watched our story and like maybe the cricket, the cricket story and think, holy shit. I, that's what, that's what our relationship We've had our own heading. That's, e- yeah. That's explosion. what our relationship was yeah. like, because my son was behaving like this or, or being like this. And we wanted him to be normal again. So we just, we just, you know, we snapped at him or we like, we sh- we try to shout him or tell him off back to be normal. And they they might watch that film and, It's just I just wanted to make it to help people, and and I think it it is. I think we got a good balance on how because I think there's a line that you say in the in the in the film, Luke, and it says usually, of my own experience with these, what is happening, or at least what I'm saying is happening, is probably forty percent of the truth, and um, I love that. And you know what? It 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 was right because. In it as well, I was I was just lying, and I was you know particularly around some of the behaviours, and also. But I, I think we had a lovely balance on how we created this film where I'd, we didn't want to glamorise the behaviour because sometimes the fame and the riches and and some of the experiences I'm having, to someone that's never had those, it might sound fricking awesome, but it's more about highlighting there's an underlying pain and a reason and a deeper reason as to why I'm acting out and being an idiot or experiencing these stupid things in a casino or in a bath or blah 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 um so I think we did a great job of doing that
2: yeah and, it's, um, it, you know what it's also that um that yeah you're right there's that being careful not to glamorize it but you you said it well it's like you're you're ashamed of your behavior. You know, you said say at one point, you know, I'm a professional athlete. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meant to live a good life and to be an inspiration. And and, it, and I, I was ashamed of what where I was at, and and that's more powerful. So that, you know, someone can go, oh, great, you're going to a casino and doing this, that, and the other. But actually, there's just a massive shame attached to it, and that's that's what was the most important thing do you know that the other thing that reminds me of is right in the start of the film i i think i say about what it's like to manage you now and I'm, i said it's a bit like trying to keep up with a runaway train this documentary is exactly an example like that i remember you saying i'm gonna i want to make a documentary about this and i think and me thinking my oh, god how are we going to do this <laughs> and then like six months later here we are we got this amazing documentary i could like there's so many examples of that it's like that's that's um, that's your genius.
0: No, well, listen. I, I also want to take the time um, to to say a few thank yous because it wasn't just myself. I know you're listening, um, Joe Penny, as as probably the biggest thank you to to have. He he approached us at the start um, to help with creating a, a film, and we decided to go down this route and tell this story. But literally, he has spent actual days sat at a computer putting i remember the first thread you know the film's an hour long the first thread of the interviews were which by the way took him days to put together it was three hours 10 minutes long the first draft so like that's the interviews kind of put together telling the story and trying to have some sort of sequence to it so to get it from three hours 10 minutes down to one hour um, and then also down to the professionalism of it and all the sound and the montage clips. And um, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough, Joe. And I know we've, you know, we've spent a lot of time sat uh, pulling our hair out uh, for hours on end trying to work on this film. And then later on, further down the line, Tom Gelder came in as well, who we've worked for, who we've worked with for many, for many years now. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank those guys and we we did make a we did make a good piece. Um but yeah, it was it was kinda it was right, mate. I remember ringing you saying, I've got this idea. And that, I'm sure it was like I'm sure it were in January. Is it was in like uh, I don't December, know. January. And then it, I don't
2: remember. Here we yeah. are,
0: first of June, it's all produced and I don't know what I'm gonna do now. That's been my focus of my life at like <laughs>
1: five weeks. Well you well you could Train and go win the Olympics. Oh, Neil, a, that's a, Neil, that's a that?
2: smashing idea. <laughs> yes. We can film okay. that while you're doing it. Okay, fine. Do you know, I've got? I've just got to quickly add that the bit where Joanna talks about checking her WhatsApp, I just can't. Oh, I mean, man. I, oh, man. I just, it, I'm in floods. I can't, I can't watch it. It's like, oh, I don't know how that was for you guys, but that's just heartbreaking. Little baby Jay. She stole the show. Yeah. She
0: stole the show. It was such a, I think that was the most powerful moment. Um, but that's where, and there were, there were more moments throughout the film. And I'm, I, I even asked um, you about, you said you would have definitely broken down if there wasn't like Joe and camera people in the room. Well, I
1: had a full crew, full entourage in my house. So um, I guess the stiff upper lip in me managed to keep it together. But I can tell you inside it was, I was completely churning when I was, when I was being interviewed. <laughs> By was- Luke, actually, and he, he took me to the
2: cleaners. He yeah. absolutely held me up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like Jeremy Paxman against Neil. It was brutal. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Do you,
0: uh, do you think you've got a future career in doing documentary interviews, Luke?
2: No, I don't want to do that again. I felt so bad, <laughs> and I... Do you know, when I watched it again, I was like, I, I sat with Joe, my fiance, just like I can't believe I asked him that question. And I'm, I Neil, I am really sorry. I just, I just, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> Neil, I don't know. Neil and I had a cuddle at the end of the interview, and it was like I, I just felt, yeah. I felt terrible. I'm sorry, Neil.
1: We did, have, we did have a cuddle, and if I remember rightly, Luke, you lingered quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> did
2: you enjoy it? Well, well, we're, I, both, I felt, we're
1: both hot and sweaty.
2: Well, I re- do remember Neil leaning his head back slightly and I was like, "Hang on, what's he going on here? He's going in for a kiss?" So I just I got <laughs> out early then. That was it. Yeah, guys, I'm glad I went
1: there. Oh, I, t- I would say though, yeah, the 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 Joanna moment gets gets me every single time. it's the, that's the that is that moment in those, you know, whatever it is, the two or three seconds when that happens, it makes the whole thing real. Um, not, not that that's the wrong language but it's like he's it, he's very hard hitting isn't it it just wallops you emotionally that and you think blimey this this is massive this the whole, you know Joanna and the whole family were dealing with something that was massive
2: yeah I was just going to say do you know I also what hit me hard about it is I remember Joanna telling me that as well at the time and I didn't you know I, I remember feeling like I don't know. At the time, it just didn't have the same sort of sort of massive impact. And then when I watched her say it, I was like, "Oh my god!" I remember her telling me that, and it was just oh, it really hit home.
1: Yeah. And what was really interesting was so that you know Niall's spoken about the all the hours of work that they've put in, and when he first watched the um, the videos, I think we'd just about moved into lockdown, hadn't we? At mm. that point, point? and Niall came home and said he'd been watching Joanna's video and how. How hard he found it, and how you know how emotionally charged it was for him personally. But th- then, more importantly, when we when we were stood in the back garden, um, he said he you know he couldn't having watched the videos, he couldn't believe and couldn't understand and didn't understand the impact that you were having on, on everyone. Did you? No, which it's, is part of the challenge going through that, isn't it?
0: Well, local relate. It's like you don't give a f- you don't give a shit because no, okay. you're dealing with your th- pain. And that's why it's so it's so selfish in that moment. Um, but yeah, making this is re- I, I struggle to even I struggle having this conversation now because obviously it's it's heartbreaking to think that my sister felt like that and and obviously I know how much pain I was in at the time, but it's just
1: it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Can we change the subject, please? <laughs> yeah.
2: Can we go Can back we, to uh, my
1: Let's talk about me and Luke cuddling again. Let's lighten the <laughs> moment. Yeah.
0: Lighten... Stop, yeah. it. Stop it now, you're making me blush. <laughs> um, but I think, I, think I, I just wanted to jump on and talk about this. I think it's it's so empowering. I want to talk about the ending. That little sequence at the end, the little montage put together, I think that's something that I'll watch every morning just to get me out of bed and, for it and, and go kill it because um, I think it's so powerful, isn't it? It's such a it's such a special ending, and that that's probably one of the biggest uh, messages I've I've got of, to say how inspirational it kind of is. And and right now we're so we're much more aware of everything, and through the help and the journey, um, still ups and downs in it. I mean, even the start of this lock the start of lockdown, I moved back home. I was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't I? absolute nightmare do you want to talk about that
1: it'll take too long won't it i'm still (laughs) i'm still i want to do my own documentary about living with nile wilson again i thought you know i i have said all i've said all along lockdown for us as a family has been an absolutely amazing opportunity because joanna came back from traveling and nile came home at 24 uh, 22 years old so this period of time we we possibly might never ever get again to live as a family so i i I just thought what an amazing opportunity um and then after about two or three weeks every morning i'd ask all if he was going back to his penthouse today (laughs) 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 and could he take all his mess and clothes with him and everything that he's leaving around the house and outside the house no i'm only joking son yeah no it was you that, that started off my mental health again yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the you know the whole the whole point of Nile leaving all his shit over everywhere around the house. When you look at it, I I really do work hard on thinking. You know, when I look at these things, it means my son's here staying with me, which can only be brilliant, can't it?
2: Uh-oh.
1: For so long,
2: yeah. And then you can go.
1: But like back to the um,
0: on a on a serious note, though, because I I know when we you asking Luke in in the in his interview, says, so do you think do you not think he's out of the woods yet? And, and you answer, Luke, to basically say, I, I don't think any of us are. This this COVID-19 has been like a a huge example of a, a test that life's thrown at us. And I know because we communicate, Luke, that it's not been easy, has it, to cope with. And things, certainly for me, just started to creep back in and certain behaviours are just a little bad patterns. You know, obviously it's been a tough time. Do you want to talk a little bit on that?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it's COVID has has put a spotlight on <clears throat> on everything and where everyone's at in their life, and you know, because you as much as anything, you're all stuck in one place and a lot of time to think and ruminate of, as to where everything's at. And I just think with all these things, like Nile is from where the depths of where you got to to where you and I are now. You've come so far. I think life is an up and down for everybody, isn't it? You know, we, all we're trying to do is just not have such extremes, ups and downs. But there's challenges all, all, all everywhere for everyone, and um, yeah, COVID has thrown that up in a big, big way. Um, and I think, I, I, I think I'm always sort of, I, I, it's probably when I was asked that question, it's probably where I sit with things in myself. I ever, I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm like, I've got this, I'm, 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 I'm nailed it. I'm cured, you know, because I think when I'm, if I ever think that I'm, I'm literally the opposite of it. I'm actually, I I like to sort of always be sort of slightly alert to where am I at, you know, with my mental health as a person, just, just being aware. I think just having that self-awareness and not ever thinking I'm totally out of the woods and I've got life sorted. I just don't think anyone has. That's just, just my opinion on it really.
0: Well, I, I totally resonate. And then I, I just want to give some insight, but going into lockdown, that whole situation for everyone on this planet, but like, obviously I'm, I'm talking about myself, you know, competitions have gone that I've worked my balls off for. Of. Olympics is now way, way in the distance. Like there's, you know, there's no immediate goal. The the whole thing's flipped upside down. Big changes, uh, family life. You know, we obviously can't see each other when we move back in, you know, I slowly watched myself and this was the key. I'm a bit more of a witness to it, but um, we thought, well, there's not much going on. We can't train. I was just, I was drinking a bit more. When i drinking a bit more, then all of a sudden started to blow up on TikTok. So those numbers were just like a, an obsessive fuel, which I know like I've spoken about where where the, I, f- I felt self-esteem from the TikTok numbers, not from like making a funny video, you know, in the process of it, it was like right, I'm going viral here, and I'm just going to use this. And then I fell into that trap. And then before I know it, I drunk, I've drunk too much alcohol across a short period of time, and I'm am in a trap of believing that TikTok's giving me happiness when it's not. Um, and then I was in, I was struggling again. But this time round, or each time that like, you kind of fall you fall into it, I remember having a conversation with both of you guys. It's like I know what's going on now. And it's got to be me that's just got to change this and change my these this little trap that I fall into these little habits I've got into, and then three weeks later, things are much better. Um, and I feel like throughout life, that'll probably be the case a lot of times. But having that self awareness and being a witness to it all is is so much, so much more powerful.
2: Yeah, do you know what I, I I want to just sort of say one other thing around the documentary is that. You know, sometimes with when we have these discussions and I don't I don't think it came out in the documentary, but sometimes and someone once asked me this is they say, well, okay, so do you have to if you want to be like extreme and win the Olympic Games, does that mean you have to kind of dub it down in order to stay healthy? Is that is that the case? And I just want to actually talk about that directly, because my answer is no. You can absolutely and you know from today until when whenever the Olympics are next year, you know Niall can do everything possible to win that Olympic Games and be obsessed by it and be be it be an in massive focus, but all the time there can be this anchor of of who you are as a person and not get so wrapped up in in that i've I'm going to be Olympic champion that you kind of lose yourself. And you talk about it in your in in the documentary where you know you say I can be an athlete and I can be happy, I can win an Olympic games. I can be happy. I can I can lose and you know not do well in Olympic games and I can be happy, and that's it. But I don't ever want you know elite sport is about winning. That that's it. ultimately that's the truth. We do it to win. We do it to be champions. And everyone involved, from a coach to a manager to an athlete to a parent, we're in it to do to do that. But that doesn't mean that the anchor of who you are and, and the journey that you are, the family that you are, doesn't have to be lost. It doesn't have to be sacrificed. And that bit is where sometimes I think we get it wrong. And when people disconnect from that is when they kind of lose themselves and, and these problems come about.
0: Yeah, mate. I told, I even said to you the other week, it's like I actually made the mistake in trying to, dull, to dumb it down, to dull it down because that's what I thought I need to do. I thought I actually need to find balance in life and balance is just half assed everything. But then that's not who I am. And I think for those that are like me, remember the obsessiveness, the addictiveness, that's the reason that you may be successful at something and it certainly is for me. So I just think, fuck balance. I want to live in extremes because that's who I am. However, I just need to... Um, choose the right ones at the right times. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like one of those, it's like, I kind of know when, right, if if it's a party, it's it's a party, I'm, I'm going there. Niall, there's no way that you're just going to have two drinks and then chill the rest of the night and go home and go to bed at 12. You're going to go to the party and you're going to want to win the party because you're a winner and you're obsessive. So it's like, however... It's, it's understanding when to not have the party and just choose, make better decisions with the extremes that you're going down. And like, for me, when, when I switch it on and my path, and the extreme path is work, training, creation. Um, I'm, I'm a freaking genius without blowing my own trumpet and I work my balls off. Um, and I guess it's like, that's, that's the thing for me. Just, just embracing that extremeness, but choosing the right ones.
2: I love that phrase there. Uh, I'm a freaking genius, but I don't want to blow my own trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: is that a double oxymoron or something? A double, I don't, I don't know what you call it, a double on <laughs> There's some sort of for, statement for that. I know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, anyway. I think we're done. Is that right? Well, I would just like to say, before we close, I'd just like to say, from from again, from my lens, from a parent's perspective, if there are parents out there now listening to our podcast, it would be brilliant if you are, you are walking the dog, you've got your ear pods in, whatever it is you're doing. From a parent's perspective, I would just say a few key things in my experience. You know, number one is trust your instinct. Your instinct, I, I personally believe, is is bound to be right. And instinctively, as a parent, you want to fix things. When actually, what should happen is you should wrap your arms around first, cuddle, and then talk about how you can support fixing, rather than wanting to just fix your children. Because that's, you know, that's what we do from an early age when a baby is born. We just look after, feed, fix. You know, uh, take you to school. We do everything for you. So you just want to fix. And I know it's tricky. It really is uh, tricky from a parent. Parenting perspective, and it and it's just about you know understanding and supporting. I I've always said all along, night your journey is your journey, and I am just privileged and lucky to be a part of it. And, and my role as a dad is to support you to be the best you can be. Sometimes I support you to be the worst you can be when we've got a box of red wine at home, and you know in the main I should support you to be the best you can be. So. You know, I would always say, trust your instincts, wrap your arms around. You know, that statement that I once made to you, Niall, uh, is, you know, there isn't anything that we can't fix. It's a, uh, I love that. And And sometimes, you know, the journey to fix, you know, I've used the word fix, it might, again, might not be the right word, but the journey to a different person or a different outcome or a different meaning in your life, again, is going to be tricky. But my job is to just, um, support you do it and um, I, I, I love doing the documentary I
0: think that's the key at the start of this podcast you said and you've said it a lot over these last few I prefer this statement what you're just talking about about support you said what's important to me is important to you and I actually disagree I think what's important to me is you, is something that should be important for you to support yes. He never asked them, like I'm going we have a joke now but your garden's not important to me. Well, <laughs> no, well, that's it though. But I think when you're in that mindset where, <laughs> where you were saying you, you you then expect that. So if you expect, well, if gymnastics is important to Niall and it's important to me then, cause I'm love my garden it should be important to Niall. But essentially, you know what I'm like, I don't give a shit about gardening and like, I love your garden and what you do. But what's important is that I respect you loving that and support you with what you want to do with it. I don't always get it right because I walk on the grass and ruin it.
1: No, hang on, hang on. You're making a beautiful statement and it's really inspiring and engaging. However, you don't just not have... You wreck my garden.
2: That's not true. No,
1: it is true. All right, football pitches, swimming pools now. We've got, (laughs) you know, four years, Luke, four years, years seven to nine, swimming pool in the garden in jumping in it swimming pool right
2: i love you guys, and Neil. then you
1: and you, thank you luke another cuddle coming for you well nice see <laughs> you yeah but it's not important to you know,
2: luke is it it's not important to you what, what's what I'm important, to to Neil is important to me that's that's it oh you <laughs> <agree>. <laughs> well,
0: i disagree listen um thanks luke thanks for uh for giving an hour of your time i thought it was important we just we, we, we had this conversation and hopefully if you're at home listening uh, you found some inspiration for that and you now want to go watch the silent battle documentary on Now Wilson YouTube channel if you haven't already. Um any final statement, Luke?
2: Back from the edge is available on Amazon. Uh I think I'm rubbing off on him, you know. Oh sorry. There's sorry. one thing
0: about managing now. Is learning it's how to shamelessly plug and, and market your products.
2: Sorry. No, just uh, sending everybody lots of love, especially Neil.
1: Yeah, thank you. And uh, there you have it. That's the closure of the Back from the Edge podcast <laughs> review and promotion podcast at the Neil and Nile channel. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.